Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burse, LCSW, and I'm so excited to chat today with Missy Boatwright. We connected on Instagram, and she is going to share with us um, just a little bit about her experience in foster care with how you can help not necessarily being a foster parent. So Missy, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell me, like, what is your involvement right now in the foster care world? So right now, my role is a CASA, which is a court-appointed special advocate volunteer. So basically, I just volunteer my time to foster kids that I'm assigned to and advocate on what's best for them in court for the judge. So I get to spend time with them. And um, just based off of my perspective of the case, I get to give my um, report of what I believe is best for them and the child. So I really enjoy it. I love working with kids. So it's been something that I've grown to love. That is so cool. I'm so excited. I feel like when I first started fostering, I had no idea that CASA existed or that it was a thing that people could do. And like you and I were just saying before, before this episode started, like it's a great way for people to get involved in foster care and truly make a difference without necessarily being a foster parent. So can you tell me how you decided that, well, first of all, that how did you find out about being a CASA and what made you decide, yes, this is something that I would like to do? So I've always loved working with kids. Actually, right now I work at a church in Norman, Victory Family Church, and um, I do all of their IT and admin stuff, but on Sundays I get to work with the kids and it's always been my favorite part. And so I've just always had a passion for kids, but in college, my sorority actually was, our philanthropy we sponsored was CASA in our um, town. So I got to know about it through them. And then when I graduated, I signed up to be an actual CASA volunteer. And so I've really enjoyed it. And I do feel like there's something everyone can do. Um, even if you can't be a foster parent, like you said, it's such a big mission. And I feel like the Lord has called us to love kids and love the fatherless. So I believe this is just one way you can do that. Yeah. It's so cool too, for me. I mean, I've not been shy about saying like, probably, uh, you know, if our case for our daughter comes to adoption, which it looks like it's going to do pretty soon, we will be closing our home for the foreseeable future. But I'm like, once you stop doing foster care, like there's no stopping doing foster care. There's always that burden on your heart. And so I feel like I just personally want to learn more about being a CASA as an avenue to continue to advocate for and support foster families and kids in care. So can you tell me a little bit about what the training is like for becoming a CASA? How long does it take and what kind of do you have to learn to be in that role? So the training, I actually took my training during um, COVID um, right before it started. So it was all kind of went to online. And so you just take different classes on trauma and um, just different scenarios they give you and see how ACASA would, what they would recommend for that. And so um, all my training was online. And then after that, you also go observe court. And so you watch other CASAs and they give their recommendations to the judge. So that's when I really learned more of what it was about, at least in the courtroom. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I really got excited about it too. Just because my training was online, it was not as tangible, I guess, but 
and then actually being a CASA and just learning through that experience. And so you're, you're assigned and a supervisor. And so they can help you throughout the process. Um, and they're really great support as well. So you're not in it alone, but it sure is a great experience to learn from others. And there's so many different resources too. So that's so encouraging to hear. Cause I think that would be a little intimidating. I mean, the first time I ever stepped in a courtroom was as a foster parent. And now like, I'm like, well, gosh, that might be intimidating to some people to think like, we're going to have to testify in court perhaps. So how did you kind of deal with that? Or was that kind of something that made you feel nervous at all? I think because I had observed before, it wasn't as scary. And um, I think it just was cool to see other CASAs who had a say and how they had, they were really able to make a difference in the case. So that's what encouraged me. And um, I feel like when I go to court, it flies by so fast that it just happened so quickly. But um, mm -hmm. I just find it a great honor to be able to um, speak on behalf of these kids. I'm just thankful that the Lord has entrusted me with them. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So how do you even get to know them well enough? Like what's the process like? Do you just like meet them one day and you're like, hi, I'm your casa. Like how does it go down? Yes. Yeah, so my first case um, that I'm still on actually, we um, actually got to be really close. Now I see her once a week. And so we go out once a week, we either go to dinner or last Thursday, she wanted to get her nails done. So we went and got her nails done. And so it's more of like a big sister role right now, just because we've gotten so close and that and um, we have that relationship now, but at the beginning, it is kind of awkward. But once you get past that, um, they're so open to once you tell them that you're here for them and you want to hear their voice and you're not a social worker or a um, parent or any other party that may have one way. You just want to be there for the child only. So um, I think once they understand that they're a little more open, at least my my girl was so. That's so fun. See, that to me sounds like such a great way to be involved in it, like boots on the ground in foster care. It's like, can we just love on the foster kids for a minute? Can we just not yeah. be a social person in their life? And just like, yeah, let's go get dinner. Let's go get our nails done. Yeah. Like just someone to care for them. And that's yeah. really different that they're going through and let them know, like, you do have a voice. This is not, we're not making decisions, mm -hmm. you know, you're back. We want to include you in these decisions. I imagine that's really powerful. Yes. And I think just my consistency with her, especially um, just showing her that I will always be there for her. And um, even when she moves homes and um, one of my cases has moved quite a few times, probably like six or seven times. So within at least the last year. So for a while there, we were, I was with her all the time, moving from place to place or different shelters. And so um, just showing her that I'll always be there, just really just wanting to show her God's love through it all, just to show her that she does have people who love her and care for her. And um, I just want her to know that she's just special, even when she doesn't seem like it, that every kid should feel special and valued. So that is I love so getting cool. to spend time with her. Yes, I love that so much. So what is it like in, in the beginning? You said it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit, you know, like, oh, hello, I'm your new person. I'm your new Costa. What do you do? What did you do to kind of break those walls down a little bit? really what I did is I just started just trying to spend as much time with them as possible. So I was recently assigned a new case about a month ago. And so I've only met him twice now, but I'm going tonight. So I really want to just try to um, spend as much time with them and show them that I do care. And I'm not just one person who will meet you once and never see you again. So I really want to establish that 
I will be in your life and we'll get to go do fun things or um, go out to dinner, do just different activities that are seem fun and maybe that they won't get to do all the time. So one of my, the, the girl that I was talking about earlier, her favorite restaurant is Texas Roadhouse because they have these roles. And so she loves getting to go with me there. And so just special occasions that they may not get to do on a regular basis that I just like to be like the fun big sister for her. So that's amazing. And who doesn't love a good role? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. My heart too. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. So what do you do to initially just be a part of their life? Like, do you ask them, like, what would you like to do? Or, and how, how much time a week are you spending or a month are you spending with each kid? So I usually ask her what we like to do. Um, I'm just using her as an example. Um, another one of my kids got adopted, so I don't get to see him as much anymore, but I'm so happy that his foster parents still let me stay connected with him. And so I'm friends with them on Facebook and I'll see them through that. So it's good to see that, but also, um, I just usually ask her what, what does she want to do? And a lot of times we'll go to the library and pick out a book. And sometimes she doesn't always like that, but once she's there, she likes doing that. And then just going out to eat and getting our nails done, like I said, and even walking around target and looking at silly little things that she just loves. So just doing normal day-to-day stuff that um, she's a teenager. So um, she really enjoys stuff like that. So um, just different things, just making her a part of my life and showing her that I do care for her. Yeah, that's so important. So how many, you have two right now currently? Two yes. kids? Or, and how many can you have at a time or is there a limit on that? I think you can have two. So um, that's the limit right now. So since my other one was adopted, I just got assigned to a new case. So I'm really excited about that. So it's, yes. it's fun. And I usually spend at least an hour a week on it with each kid. So I've only met him three times, but it's only been about, Uh, six weeks or I'm not sure how long it's been. So I've seen him maybe every other week, but for um, her, for example, I see her every week. And so, and I really enjoy it. It's honestly the highlight of my, my week going to see her and um, just seeing the growth that she's had, especially in her placement right now, she has a fifth grade graduation coming up. So I'm just so excited for her and just the Lord has been so faithful in her life. And I'm just so honored that I get to see that and be a small piece of it. That is so cool. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes foster care can feel like this overwhelming, you know, world. And a lot of people say like, I don't feel like led to or called to foster, but like you and I were saying earlier, like everyone is called to do something in foster care. So this just feels a really great, like fun way even to be able to, but really truly to make a difference too in these kids' lives, because you're not only hanging out with them, just to like be there for them, but you're hanging out with them to get a sense of what you really truly feel is best for them taking into consideration what yeah. they think of themselves. And I enjoy it because I'm single and I have the time to um, give to them. So that's what I enjoy doing, especially in my free time. And I feel like she really has become family to me now. Um, I can't imagine my life without her now. And so 
um, just even her saying that sometimes she felt like I was the only family she had or her caseworker was the only family she had. Just when she says things like that to me, it makes me realize that, okay, this is important. Even mm-hmm. when she's um, not really having a good day or things like that. And when there's disappointments, like disappointments and moving, or um, I've even been with her dropping her off at a shelter before. And so even in the heartbreak, you know that the Lord is with her and um, I get to be an example for that for her. So it's my greatest honor truly right now in life. Yes, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, like you said, even on the hard days, maybe even especially on the hard days that you're that consistent person that goes with her when those things, when things change or placement changes or something like that. Yeah, so that's why I would love to encourage people to sign up if you can't be a foster parent right now, or if you're looking for a way to help them, this is a really easy and tangible way. Not necessarily easy, but it's one way you can help. And it really is for sure rewarding. And I just really love it. That's so good to hear. So what could someone do to find out more about becoming a CASA? Like where is their website? Is there something that is it local to them? How do they find CASA? I believe each CASA has a local chapter for say, but um, I think you can just Google it, Google CASA in your town and um, see what comes up and you can just reach out. So just reach out via email or um, you can sign up online in my county, but um, just through an application. And so the application process and the training, it all seems like a lot, but in the end it's, it's worth it. So I would encourage anyone if they feel like they have the time and um, have a heart for foster kids, this is one good way to do that. Mm, that is so good. Thank you. Let me ask you this. What has been um, something that has been a little bit challenging as a CASA so far? One thing that you were like, okay, this is a little bit hard. This is a difficult part of this process. I think like I was saying earlier, seeing her move so much and um, even just her confidence sometimes has been rough or um, just seeing that it's not always easy and not always pretty, but um and just dealing with different um, types of foster parents and different things. Um, and it's just been hard to navigate that through her eyes, especially because I just think it's just so confusing and overwhelming to her. And, um, and when she's overwhelmed and doesn't feel worthy, I think is when it's really hard to try to realize that, no, your life does have purpose. You have a value here. You're not, nothing's wrong with you. Um, just because you're in this situation, you did nothing wrong. And so I think that's just the hardest when you see the brokenness of kids. That's the hardest for me is when they're struggling. Um, But I find it a great honor to just, again, show them that um, the Lord loves them. I love them and they can get through this. So, and their life has a value, especially um, one day they may be able to help others through their experiences. So I'm just showing her and just um, being a constant support and just a reminder of that they are loved and valued. And I really love what you said about their time in foster care, that you are communicating to them that they are loved, they are worthy, they are valuable, and not just while you're their CASA, because it sounds like you're like, these are relationships for life, and I am ready to be here for you in any capacity that I can be. And I just think that is like so powerful. And what would it look like if every kid you know, in foster care had someone in their corner like that. And what would that change for them? And I mean, obviously foster care stinks, but like it could stink a lot less if they had someone yeah. like you. So that's yes. Cool. And I think it's important supporting the bio families too. Um, they're going through a hard time as well. So just showing them that 
they're loved and valued too, even through their mistakes or whatever situation they're going through that they are cared for as well. So I love getting to share that with them and um, just be a, just another source of someone they can turn to and in their troubled times. So it really is a great honor just to serve the families and um, just to play a tiny role in everyone's life. Yes. Oh my gosh. So how do you connect with bio family? How do you support them as a CASA? Cause I think that's a part that doesn't get talked about a lot as people might not realize you actually can be support and encouragement to the family, the bio family themselves and the foster family. Yes. So I guess yesterday was mother's day. So I was just texting some of them and letting them know that um, happy mother's day, just as simple as that. And then I even brought one of my cases. I brought one of her, I, I got a card for them and then um, got her a box of chocolates just to say that happy mother's day to her. And so I know that meant a lot to her because she wasn't going to be able to see her kiddo on that day. So just, just being a small role, as simple as that is, and just texting and checking up and even when they text me all the time, I just know that it's still important when they care for their kid. And sometimes all they want is just a text saying that they're okay, they're doing well. And so I get to play a small role in that just by saying they're doing good and you don't have to worry. They're in a good place. And so just as small as that is, um, just being a reminder that they are doing good. And just because I don't know who's in contact with them and what they know. So just loving to get to be a role with that as well. Mm, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm like, this is making me so excited to <laughs> kind of know what my next step is going to be. Um, after yes, we should. I want to so badly this, I mean, cause that's like what I really felt like, you know, you never know what you're going to get in foster care. Right. We, we said we were open to any possibility. So just, just fostering or if a kid needed, um, you know, permanency through adoption, we were willing to do that too. And that's just, it's bonkers, but that's how it worked out for us that our first two placements needed permanency through adoption. So while, while very joyful to be able to do that, um, it's not what we expected. And I think sometimes I get sad that I didn't get to, you know, work with an older kid or like work with something and like loving and encouraging more a bio mom, you know? So I'm like, I feel like this is a cool way to do any of that and all of that. And also even just to get your feet wet with fostering. I feel like, I'm not sure if I should be a foster parent or not, but like, could I do this as a first step? Would that feel less intimidating and maybe uh, easier to access for, for a lot of people? So I love that. And I feel like one of the ways I can help or CASAs can help foster families is even the uh, Thursday nights that I take her out is um, just a relief off of foster mom's plate for a few hours, just to give her some time to rest as well. So there's always ways you can serve the whole family and Truly, I know it's not me, it's the Lord, um, and he's allowed me to do this, so I want to take no credit for it, but I just want to give the honor to him that he's entrusted me with these families because they're hurting and broken, but I know he calls us to love them and serve them in every way, so this is just the one way that I'm doing it right now. Um, hopefully in the future, I'm a foster parent one day, so. You and I are going to switch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Missy. This has really encouraged me personally. I know That's it's good. I'm glad. So many people. I feel like this is literally like a just really beautiful, serendipitous yeah. God thing to have this conversation. And I hope that it, and I know that it will benefit so many other people too. Um, so if someone has a question about being a CASA or they just want to know a little bit more about your journey, how can they find you and connect with you online? You can find me on Instagram, um, Missy Boat. Just send me a message and say that you're interested and I'll try to help as much as I can. Um, 
it's just truly, it's the greatest honor. So I would love to encourage anyone to sign up, um, sign up as soon as you can and just go ahead and get the training down and then you can decide from there. And I'd also like to say they allow you to pick like an age range of kids if you're not comfortable with, I'm not really good with young babies or anything like that. So I always say like, if they're potty trained and up, I'm happy to help them at least on Sundays <laughs> in kids church is what I like to do. But um, so that's been great too. So you're not going to get stuck with some random case that you don't have a say about. So that's good too. So they take into consideration your comfort level as well, which is good. Awesome. That's a really good point to make. I love it. Okay, good. Well, thank you for this conversation. I really appreciate you and best of luck with everything that you've got going on. Thank you. Thanks for all you do. It doesn't go unseen. soon.